book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, and we're going to read from chapter 4, verse 35 through to 40. And I'm going to be reading again from the New Living Translation. If you have your Bibles open on Mark 4, 35, let me hear an amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 35. As the evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they looked Jesus, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. And other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on the cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father God, this afternoon, this day that you have made for your awesome presence in this place. We thank you for your Son and for your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we ask, Lord God, as we gather around your word, Father, this afternoon, Lord, that you will, Father, take full control in this place today. That you will reign, you will be glorified. We ask, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts, Lord. Let every mind be open and attentive to your voice. The voice behind the voice today, Lord. God, we want to hear from you. We want to receive clarity and understanding, Father, of your word. And we ask, Lord God, that you would accomplish that in every heart in this place today, Lord. We commit this time into your hands. We give it over to you, Lord God, because we know that we cannot do or accomplish anything without you. And so we bless your name and we acknowledge you, King, over all kings. Lord over all lords, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen, Amen. You may be seated this afternoon. Amen. So I'm going to go straight into it. And before we move any further, I just want you to just to take a moment. Let me just ask you one question, and I want you to just take a moment. When you think about your life, what would you say your reality is based on your perception? What would you say? Would you say your reality is based on your perception in your life? And I don't want you to answer that right now. I just want you to just think about it. Let it marinate. 
Because the title of this message this afternoon is Perception and Reality. Now this afternoon, I want to talk about this and how perception of things can become a reality, your reality. It can become a truth. And also how we can condition ourselves to think a certain way and as a result, alter our outlook on life and positively influence our future. Perception is the way in which something is regarded, understood, or interpreted. It is the way we may hear or see something that will determine the way we perceive it. Reality is a state of things or circumstance that exists, have existed, or yet to exist. But I want you to understand to understand that your reality can change. What may exist today doesn't have to exist in your tomorrow. What your perception of things are or how you perceive it is more likely to what, what will become your reality. So how we think and how we perceive things is more likely to be what our reality will become. Now, we, we read earlier in Mark chapter 4, verse 5, and it tells us the story about Jesus and how he went across, he went into the boat with the disciples. They took him into the boat, and they sailed across to the other side of the lake. Now, during this time, the Bible tells us that during this time that there was a, a, a storm, a, a raging wind, that came about while they were crossing. And what happened was the wind began to allow the, the water to gush against the boat. And the water began to come inside of the boat and fill it up, as, it's, as it says. So when this began to happen, began to happen, the disciples began to panic. And how many know sometimes when we go through, we see something happening that we are not prepared for, and it comes unexpectedly. Sometimes it can throw us into disarray. It can throw us into a state of panic. And when they began to see the boat, the water come into the boat, they began to panic. And at that moment, they thought, oh my God, we're going to die. That's what their thinking was, that they're going to die. So they rushed into where Jesus was asleep and waked him up and basically said to Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care what happens to us? See, all their mind was on was the fact that the water was coming in the boat and they could just see death. They couldn't see, they couldn't perceive anything else beyond what they can see right there and then and that was the water coming in and they was going to die. So Jesus awoke and Jesus rebuked the storm and the disciples for their lack of faith. Their perception could have easily have become their reality. Because what happened there is that in their state of panic, in their lack of faith, 
they began to panic and rushed out to go and get Jesus because their thought, like I said, was that they were going to die. Now, when a person's in a state of panic, sometimes what a person does, they rush out and they do something when they don't need to do it. So they don't take a a a time, a moment to think about what's happening, to analyze what's happening. They just run and they just run off compulsion and react without thinking about it, without giving it any thought. And at this point, they had not activated any faith because all they could perceive at that time was death. And also they said, Jesus, didn't you, don't you care what happens to us? So they saw Jesus in a certain way. There was a level of doubt. So even though they were disciples and they were following Christ, they still had some doubt. They still had some doubt in the man of God. Otherwise, they would not have asked him that question. And so these are the things that can happen when we perceive something that doesn't necessarily have to be our reality. But it, it, sometimes these realities can come about because of the, the way we respond, the way we think, the way we act to circumstances and situations. A negative perception of things has a direct link to a person's lack of faith. And I'll say that again, a negative perception of things have a direct link to a person's lack of faith. In Luke chapter 5, verse 18 through to 20, tells us of the story about the paralyzed man that Jesus healed. Now, as Jesus was teaching, there were the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that were sitting around nearby and they were just watching to see what, what was happening, what was going on like they do with their negative attitude. And so they just was looking to find something to pick at. And so during this time, there were these men that came along and they came along with a paralyzed man on a mat. And some could see that mat as some old piece of mattress. But he was on a mat that he slept on. But they carried this paralyzed man and their aim was to bring him to Jesus to be healed. But they couldn't get through the crowd. They couldn't get in. So what they did, they went to the top of the place where Jesus was. And they removed the slabs from the top. And they lowered the paralyzed man down. And as they lowered him down, he, he came down right in front of Jesus. Jesus goes on to say in Luke 5 verse 20, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees said in 21, verse 21, 22, but the Pharisees says teachers, the te- and the teachers of the law said to themselves, who does he think he is? 
That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. So there you see they had a negative perception of who Christ was, of who Jesus was. And that's why the Pharisees remained the way they were. They were just religious. They had no real commitment or they had no real um, knowing of who God really was. Everything that would, they did was in, on, based on religion. Because they didn't want to think beyond their own thinking. How they thought was how it was. What they saw was what they could see. They could not see beyond the supernatural. They could not see beyond the natural into the supernatural. They could only see what was before them. And as far as they're concerned, that Jesus was just the man. That there's no way that he can, he can forgive or he can even perform the miracles that he performed. That's what their perception was. And when we have a negative perception about something or someone or something in life or an area in our life, we cannot move beyond that place because we have to be a people that is open. God is a supernatural God. What God does, he does in the supernatural realm, and then we see the manifestation. And it is those that live by faith that will witness the manifestation of the power of God being revealed in and through their lives. Human perception is processed through our senses. What we see, touch, and smell. It is the perception of our re reality that governs the perspective towards our life. You see, we see things when the things are happening. And this is the struggle that most people, whether you're a Christian or a not, I believe that as Christians and as beloved unbelievers, we both struggle with the same thing. Because we focus too much on what we see in the natural. And not focus on what God is ready to do in the supernatural yet to manifest in the natural. So we walk by sight and not by faith. Our senses, our smell, and the things that we touch, even when we meet people. We can meet people and they can come through those doors. And they may look a certain way. They may dress a certain way. And they may even sound a certain way. And right there and then, in that moment, most of us have already made up our mind about that person. We have already made up our minds about who they are because we perceive them in a certain way. And so human perception is deceptive. It will deceive us. 
It will keep us in a place where we become stuck. Because unless we perceive what God wants us, unless we get God's perspective in life and God's perspective about situations and circumstances and about people and things that we see that may trouble us, unless we get God's perspective on those things, we will not be able to move forward in the things of God. So how do you change this and begin to shift the way you see things? Well, I'm going to tell you it's very simple. Because most times as Christians, as, as believers, we make things way too difficult. We make it way too difficult for ourselves. We hear messages uh, being preached and teachings, but all of these teachings and all these messages that we hear come down to the same thing. That we have to form a relationship with God. And how do we do that? We do that through the, the reading of God's word, familiarizing ourselves with the word of God. Allowing the word of God to be applied to our lives because there's no use in us studying the word of God and knowing the word of God but not applying it to our lives. Because it's the application that brings about the change. It's the application that brings about the transformation in our lives. And you, I've heard people say that, you know what, I'm going through changes. Well, most time it's good that you're going through changes if you're applying God's word to your life. Because that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to bring about change. So when you're going through changes, and you're going through changes because God is doing something in your life, you will not get any sympathy from me. Because it's a good thing. Because God wants us to change. He wants us to be more like his son. He wants to do more for us. He wants to bring about more in our lives. So, going back to the, the simplicity of it. It's a simple answer. Now, there's three simple principles that we need to apply. But it's not easy to apply them. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy. But they are still simple. But it, So as we practice these things in our lives, as we intentionally make a decision in our minds and in our hearts that we're going to practice these things in our lives, it becomes easier, I promise. You still will go through change. Because change is difficult. When, we live, when you've lived a certain way for so long and things begin to change, there is a, a grinding that takes place in your heart, a scratching. It's not easy. But there's a refining. As we, as we stick with it and we stay with it, there's a refining that takes place that brings us out purer. So what we have to do, we have to grab a hold of God's perspective for our life. We've got to believe it, for one. 
see it in the supernatural. And I'm not talking about the natural. We see things in the supernatural. We connect with the supernatural as we pray. As we pray and we connect with God's word, we begin to make a connection in the supernatural and what's taking place. And it boosts our faith. So we believe it, we see it, and we trust it. Because what we sometimes can do, we can see things. And as soon as we come out of prayer, because it's, it's happened to me many a times. I've gone into prayer, and I've had a powerful time in prayer. And I believe that I've touched heaven. And I come out of prayer, and instead of continuing to clothe myself with the things of God and what I've just touched and keep that connection, I come out of that atmosphere. And then things begin to see, I begin to see what's happening in the natural again and take my eyes off. And it's very easy for us to take our eyes off of what God is doing in the supernatural realm. It's very easy to happen. And this is why that sometimes when we lose focus, we've got to check ourselves. And it is important to evaluate ourselves on a daily basis to see our state of mind and our condition. Because it is so easy to lose focus. And then we've got to find ourselves back into that prayer closet again to touch bases, to touch and connect with the supernatural. Because God is supernatural. He's not natural. And this is something that we've got to remember. That he is everywhere. But we're not going to feel him. We're not going to connect with him unless we connect with him in a supernatural. You can only obtain God's perspective for your life. By what he says about you. And what he says he will do for you. Through, through, through a time in prayer. And not only just praying, but meditating. Meditating on his word throughout the day and throughout the night. Because sometimes, especially those of us that work... Some of us have to get up really early in the morning and we have to go to work. And we think, you know what, let me just get another 10 minutes, another five minutes in prayer, in, in bed. And then before we know it, we only have maybe about five minutes to pray. And good on you if you can take five minutes and last a whole day, but that's not me. If you can do that, glory to God. But I know that I have to wake up in the morning and I have to take some time. I've got to put my thoughts on God because I know that I'm battling with what has just happened in the day before. And I'm concerned about what is going to happen for the day that I'm in. So I have to allow the scriptures of God the word of God to consume me. I have to touch with heaven to get through the days. 
And so this is why it's important, church, that not only do we read the word of God, we've got to spend quality time in prayer. Not God is not a God that we rush. When he does anything for us, he doesn't do it in haste. He doesn't rush. God is a perfectionist. When we give him time, we should be giving quality time. And so when we're meditating on God's word, it's those things that throughout the day, because meditating doesn't mean that we have to be speaking out stuff. Meditating is just giving God our thoughts, handing over negativities, handing over worries, handing over concerns, and allowing those things to be replaced with the word of God. And when we replace it with the word of God, it's the peace of God that comes from his word that surpasses all understanding. So as we go through the day and things begin to happen and stuff, we've already doused ourselves with the word of God. We've already meditated and been meditated, so that means we're prepared. And so things can happen. And yes, it may be a shock to us but it will not rock our faith. In Psalms chapter 63, verse 6, the word of God says, David said, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on your work, meditating on you through the night. For example, example in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, God causes everything to work together for our good. This is an important truth. This is God's perspective on things. It's believing that God can bring good for us out of the worst of circumstances. So this is a simple truth. But it's an important truth that we, as people of God, hold on to. Because when crazy and mad things are taking place in life, and it does, and it will, and it will continue, and as these things happen before us, we hold on to the truth of God, knowing that he will work all things together for good. For those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And the truth says he will work all things. So it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, he will work all things. These are the promises of God that we hold on to when things happen. And this is why it's important that we meditate on the word of God. Because when we do that, it becomes flesh. We walk with that. And then we have seen, it's seen the positives, your goals and your future with your faith eyes. Then perceive it. Psalms chapter 119 verse 18 says, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. See and see and not see 
and let certain things register. And what I mean by that, I don't know about you, but you know if, I know for me, there's been a times when something has happened and I see it. And I don't know if this has happened to you, but you see something, something's crazy happened and you see it and it don't register at that time. And it's happening and it's almost like you're in shock, but it's just not registering. And it's when we go away, we think, but wait, wait, did, wait, did that just happen? See, now this is, I believe, this is what God wants us to do. Is when we see certain things that's negative, we hear certain things that are negative, we don't allow that to register. We've proven that we can do it. So we don't allow those negative things to register in, 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 our, in our minds. And we feed off of the word of God. We feed off those things that are positive in our lives. This is how we're able to move in the direction of getting God's perspective for our lives. This can be an uphill struggle. It's difficult, but as I said, that as we practice these things on a daily basis, it gets easier. You become stronger and more conditioned. Finally, we have trust. Trust it. So not only do we meditate on God's word, And we spend that time in prayer with the Lord, feeding off of him. Because that's what we do. We feed off of him. We don't just read his word, but we trust it. We've got to trust it. Proverbs 30 says, Proverbs uh, chapter 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. So he, he has proven that his word is true. And his word will protect us. So even when we see things happening, we still got to grab a hold of God's perspective for that situation and for our lives. I want to uh, share quickly a quick story about a film that I saw. It's an old film. It's called, before I, I, I come, start coming down, it's an old film. I don't know if you've seen The Day After Tomorrow. It's like a natural disaster film. And... When I was watching this film, I was like, I get this. I was watching the film, and it's a really, really good film. But I saw the spiritual, I saw the biblical, biblical side of it. And remember when I said earlier that sometimes when things happen, we, it throws us into a panic. Now, this film's a natural disaster, and basically what, what happens is the, uh, the climatologists, it, the, those people that they deal with all the climates and so there was a warning that went out about a storm that is, is, is coming. 
in, into the cities. And this storm will basically freeze over the whole city. So no, if you're out in that storm, you will not survive. And they were giving out this warning. And what happened, the, the, the climatologist, his son was in New York, New York at the time. And his son was away from home. And it was hitting them. And so what happened there was that the, the son managed to get hold of his dad. And his, the dad said to him, this is what I want you to do. Whoever's with you, I want you to find a safe place. Find a safe place and go in there and don't move. Stay there and keep yourself warm. So he gathered up. Some people decided they threw, they threw, it, threw they got thrown into panic. So they, they rushed because the storm actually hit that city. So they began to panic. Instead of going with the boy, even though the boy was saying, please come with me, my dad told me what to do. They went off. So there was only a handful of them that went with him. So anyway, they found a library. They went into the library and they stayed there. And he managed to get hold of his dad. And again, and his dad said to him, do not move. The storm, the eye of the storm is going to come. And this is the time when it's going to really freeze over everything and anyone that is out there is going to die. So what happened there, there was a few people, some of the people left because all they can perceive was death. They had no faith. But he stayed there and he stayed there with his friends. And the, the end of the story, basically, I'm cutting it short, is that the dad came and he rescued his son and the rest of them. But the moral of the story is that they stayed put. They didn't panic. They stayed put until the storm passed. And we've got to remember when we're in storms and storms come our way, they pass. They're not going to stay. They come for a time or even for a season, but they pass. So we don't have to, it doesn't have to throw us into panic. What we do, we begin to utilize the tools. We begin to utilize the things that God is teaching us. And that is to hit our knees and to pray and to read and study the word of God and, and see what the word of God is saying about that situation. See what the word of God is saying about your situation. See what the word of God is saying about what is going on outside there, outside of your household, in your family, in the communities in the world seek God's answers for it there's no need for panic but sometimes church we, we panic and we, we like to lean on our own understanding and I'm talking about myself in this because we don't want to wait we don't want to wait God would always act on our behalf. I struggle with waiting. But I'm not going to give up on God because I believe in my, his word. And I thank God that the word of God is deep down inside of me. Because it is that that has been keeping me and keeping me standing strong. And I want to tell you today, and I want you to, to, to declare this and decree in your life. That as you stand and you don't throw yourself into panic. 
and you utilize the word of God in your life, I'm telling you, God will come through for you. He will come through your family. He will come through for you. Maybe not in your time, but he will come through because he is a faithful God. And I'm going to close with this. Imagine what it would be like to walk each day with the mind of Christ instead of a mind plagued with thoughts that drag you down and block you from your full potential. Each and every one of us, have, we have potential in this place. But we allow circumstances and situations to rob us of those potential. Our senses that has a tendency to respond to this world's activities wants to convince us of giving up our position in God. But getting God's perspective breeds life through faith in Christ Jesus. And not only that, not only that, it will create for us opportunities. So as we grab a hold of God's perspective for our lives, it will open doors. It will create opportunities for us. God's perspective is progressive. It aligns us and places us on the right footpath. If there is no progression, and I want you to catch this. If there is no progression, then what we do every day just becomes religion. If you're not progressing in Christ and the things of God, then what you are doing is just simple religion. And religion has no power. As a matter of fact, religion is dead. Religion stagnates. And what's more, religion's boring. God's word is a lamp to our feet. It is a light that enhances our vision and makes our direction clearer. The light of God that is light lit up within us, before us, ahead of us, it makes our direction clearer. As you're led by it, you will become like a tree. You will become like a tree planted by the streams of water who will yield its fruit in season and whose leaf will not wither. And whatever you do, whatever you do, you will prosper. That's the promise of God that we hold on to. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. If you stand with me.
perspective, God's perspective. is what we need to get a grab a hold of church not our own not how we perceive things to be because no matter how intelligent we may think that we are and some of us may think that we are no one is above God no one is higher than the most high God and if we want to be a people that progress beyond where we're at, it's time to come away from the religion. Because this is, this, this, this is what the enemy wants. He's happy for us to do religion. He's, he's happy for us to come here. We're not having no effect in the kingdom of, of darkness. We have no effect whatsoever when we come to church on a Sunday and do not act upon what we hear that day through the word of God. There's no effect. It's just bare religion. And I know for me, I can't do religion. Like I said, it's boring. I've got to keep moving. I ask God for challenges in my life. And I want to encourage you. Don't stay. God's got more for you. Don't do religion. Allow this perspective of God to wake and awaken you. Awaken your spirit. Awaken your heart. Awaken your mind. God wants to reveal secret things to you. De Deuteronomy 29, 29. Secret things in secret places. In his secret place, he wants to reveal to you the things that he wants to speak to you about, he wants to tell you about, that only you, he wants to tell. Give him the time. So as you stand there in your seats, I just want you to just lift your hands. I'm going to pray. And as I pray in closing, Really begin to think. I said it in the beginning. I'm going to end it with this. Think about your life. And when you think about your life, what would you say your reality is based on your perception? And whatever you come up with that comes to mind that is not of God, I want you to pray about that thing right now. Right where you are, begin to pray. Begin to call upon the name of Jesus. Begin to hand that thing over. No matter what it is, worry, concern, any situation, family members, jobs, work, the community, whatever is on your heart, whatever is going against what the Word of God is saying, Give it over to him now. Begin to speak to him. Get God's answer upon that point. Get God's answer on that issue. Get God's answer for your life. 